Total Human is our completely revamped, relooked at version of Total Primate Care. It got the facelift because even though we're primates, well, we're not selling to all primates. We're just selling to humans in the primate category. Uh, what have we done with this thing? It is, it is, you know, a common question that I get here on it is which product should I take? Which supplement should I take? What's the most important thing I should put in my body if I was only to pick one? And the truth is you'd take a little bit of everything. That'd be the best possible thing if you're only going to choose one product. And that's what we've done with Total Human. There's day packs and night packs, and we take all the guesswork out. You get a little bit of everything we have to offer from from our B vitamins that have come out to Shroom Tech Sport and Shroom Tech Immune. So you're going to get a boost in cardio as well as immune function, Virotech. Most of the best products that we offer, we've put into simple packets for you to take in the morning and in the evening. They're incredibly convenient to travel with. And there's really no reason everybody shouldn't be doing this because it, it takes all the guesswork out of trying to figure out and fine tune which products are the best for you. Everybody loves Total Human. Get it now on it.com slash podcast for 10% off. Tate motherfucking Fletcher is in the house today. When I first got into podcasting, I, I heard Tate on the Joe Rogan experience and was blown away uh, by his wealth of knowledge, not only in just tons of random shit. He's a highly educated guy, which doesn't surprise me because a lot of fighters are, but um, his take, his point of view. And the fact that he's so uplifting and inspirational. I mean, he's for sure, uh, he was a bucket list guest of mine when I first started podcasting prior to getting to on it. And uh, for whatever reason, didn't work out when I had my own podcast. Uh, Tate's quite busy. He's he's doing a lot of films. You might have seen him in Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, rather, or on uh, Westworld. Um, He's, he's into everything. I mean, he, he's uh, one of the CEOs and founders of uh, Caveman Coffee with Keith Jardine, another fighter and good buddy of his. And dude's just experienced. You know, he's one of those guys kind of like uh, Henry Rollins. You listen to a guy like that that's traveled as much and been through as much as he has. And you're like, damn, this dude has a wealth of knowledge. He's got a lot of wisdom. And so I was absolutely thrilled hearing that he was in town in Austin uh, working with a mutual friend, Dr. Kirk Parsley, who we're going to have on the show as well. But um, I know you guys are going to absolutely dig this. This is the longest podcast we've ever recorded. I think we're right around the two-hour mark, and it is nothing short of straight fire. So tune in. Leave us a five-star review because you're going to love this one. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Let's just continue talking about know, beating right? off in VR. I will. I get it gets too it gets too easy. That whole thing that's been a big thing about just life is going on. Uh, how do I how do I be responsible to my own dopamine urges kind of thing? You know, when you start looking at that shit and it's everywhere, you go, every advertisement, if it's done well, is contrived to give the biggest dopamine response to me or fear, right? It's mm -hmm. one of the, like, those are always the things. And I'm like, I need to be in control of this more. And then my endeavoring to do that, it makes it, like, I've, I've been trying to put, like, uh, thoughts together for a book and then all these, it comes up everywhere. Once you, it's like, if you're going to buy a Toyota Corolla, all of a sudden you see Toyota Corollas everywhere. And it's like that kind of thing. Like once you get into something, you're like, wow, I see the ways we're distracted and worried about the wrong stuff every, almost everywhere. Yeah. And most of the time we have no idea what's tickling that fucking dopamine response. Right. Right. Until right. like some study comes out and you see a guy like Dr. Andy Gulpin or somebody retweet it and you're yeah. like, motherfucker. 
likes on Instagram will will create Who a testosterone response and a dopamine response. Dude, if you, right? or or huge depression. Or a I huge mean the con, the converse of that is Yeah. This was the greatest post I ever did and no one's liking it. Right. And then you're fucking depressed all day long. And then you make it and then you try to be smart and you go, "Oh, that's cuz they changed the algorithm or something." <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, "Bitch, you don't know what algorithm is." <laughs> I say it all the time. I can spell it even. I got no idea. <laughs> I get a general idea. Yeah, they changed the algorithm. That's it's funny, it man. That that whole thing this this is uh dude, uh, how glad are you that you moved here? It's fucking amazing. Austin's incredible. It's incredible. It's a trip because I think about it I, I, and looking around and I think just the uh, potential of like what, what fishbowl you put yourself in. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that are about doing a lot of things that are in this area. And it's been really inspiring to be around that. But even the net, the air is like, a, like people are like, is it hot? You hate it? I'm like, man, this is like nourishing. Like it feels, it just feels good, the skin. And uh and I, I feel like it, I never knew how lush it was. I was in the hill country kind of all weekend. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's a, it's almost rainforesty. Like, it's fucking beautiful. I, I came out here for Paleo FX a year ago, and that's when I met Aubrey and everything kind of fell in place for me. And I went for a run on LSD, and it felt like my I was sweating so much from the humidity that I had to take my headphones out. And I it sounded like I was in fucking Wait a Mexico. Minute. Every Who goes bird. for a run on LSD? I think it's a good move. I think it's a good idea. Have so, you continued the practice and what are the results? <laughs> are we charting this? What's going on? I'm not I'm not doing like biometrics and self-quantification when I'm doing it, but you can get into a flow state much easier. And I'm not talking about like a fucking heroic dose, just a microdose. Uh-huh. But it was it was Which like is what, 25 milligrams or something? 25 micrograms to 50 micrograms. Micrograms. Yeah. <laughs> 50 is more than a micro for a lot of people, but uh for me, that seems to be a fine dose. Like if there's no closed-eyed visuals or anything you right. consider to be like you know a macro dose but running on that like you just get into your fucking flow like you feel like your legs can keep going Crazy. you could tune into your breath better so you're not gasping for air or, like whatever that um that regulator is that tells you to pump the brakes like you feel like you can you can pace yourself better so you're just constantly in this amazing running state i think the thing that wears me out in running is being clunky is having uh you know i get an injury or something and then my body adjusts in a way that doesn't work towards function uh mm. in the totality of it only function of that injury area and so it, it's uh I, I think that thing about being being loose because like that I, i'll get bound up but i think that maybe like what you're saying it seems like you could get into a flow of like where your body knows intrinsically how to move instead of overthinking it to where you're trying to curate an Compensate injury or something and like shit that like Compensate. that yeah exactly. yeah yeah you just feel better you feel like placement on the ground where your feet are right. going to go all that shit in unison and with the world yeah. yeah and it's nice being in the hills because you got up and down it's challenging it's, it's not like running a mountain but it's fucking gorgeous and it's green year round here like we get thunderstorms all four seasons it's always green you There's ever go water. to the grove hmm, there's a restaurant there. called the grove and it's up i don't know if it's by bee creek or bee cave or bee cave and there's something creek up there hickory creek or there's a lot of creek roads there's Barton anyway, creek there's all was, kinds of creeks. i was up over there and uh and there's this tree and it's some kind of oak tree but it goes long it defies gravity kind of the weight of it for sure it would break under itself you you feel like and they these big huge trunks that go along the ground and come up and it's it's this huge canopy under one tree it might be a canopy oak 
even. But they're fucking gorgeous. I mean, just the stuff that's here is fucking beautiful. And then I'm driving home and I see, I don't know, in New Mexico, man, I got coyotes around my house and stuff. I see coyotes on Hollywood Boulevard in LA. They, they kind of look the same. They're they're the most bedraggled, homeless, AIDS-looking, ridden <laughs> type of coyotes. They don't look well, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, uh, dude, I saw this fucking coyote. It came across my road when I'm driving. Big, bullish-looking coyote just swagger. They just skulk across. That's... I, that's how they move skulk i think where they're skulk. just confident but a little shady you know uh-huh anyway badass like a dog like i was like I, we could hang out you could come home with me i like it man i like it i want to move i really do you're not digging socal right now i love it I, I, i'll stay there i gotta be there in some regards but um i'm selling my house in santa fe right now really i'm, I'm selling my gym i'm turning my gym over i've got a, a one of my partners is uh this guy that I, I've known for a long, long time. I knew him when I was bouncing at clubs, and he uh, he got hemmed up on this weird conspiracy charge that shouldn't happen, and all his business. And then he had to sit a few years, and I hadn't seen him in a long time. But when he got sentenced, he had a waiting time before he went into prison, and he uh, hit me up. He's like, "Hey, dude, I want to get in shape. Want to think about how to retrain my mind to get." And so we just started hanging out a lot. And then we stayed in contact with him and kept programming to him and all that. And he put um, he put like functional fitness on like four different yards that he was on, kind of changed the modality of, of training that was happening in the federal prison system where he was anyway. And uh, then he came back and he's got a family and all that. And he's been at the gym for four or five years now. And, and we're just looking to transfer it over to him. And then that's awesome. Um, you know, that's a dream realized for him and, and something that is cool for me because I get into this thing where you know, I'd get starting all these different things and, and to curate them all becomes an energetic expenditure that I, I thought at, at some points you think you can do it, but then you're like, I don't know what's not sustainable until I'm really down the road quite a ways, you know? Yeah. And then I go, I don't want to create noise in the world, in, in the space, digital noise, any kind of noise. And, and to have started something like that gym that's touched so many people and to not have it go on, I was like, I, I can't let go of that because I feel like a responsibility to it. But then Man, you just open yourself up to like whatever the possibility is that you might not be seen, and and uh, and so that that's what I'm really happy about is that that energy gets to keep going on, you know, and that's kind of what I want to look towards in my life. Of I want potency instead of content, you know, like all these guys want to put content, content. I'm like, I'd rather have like a, a potent punch to it instead of just this muddiness. Yeah, and be spread so thin in all directions right. that you fucking can't really. Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, you know. Yeah. What? Uh, let's dive into that a little sure. bit. Sure. You've you've really fucking done it all. Like you, you really have have uh, your renaissance, man. You've That's fucking funny. done it all. You started in fighting. Obviously, you're in film now, um, and you've got fucking caveman coffee. You've got gyms. You're a part of a lot of fucking stuff. Yeah. What What do you see? I mean, how has that transition been? What are all the things that you're into? I know this is a fucking loaded question, and I hate it's loaded huge, questions, man. But but, but I, don't, I don't I didn't know what was possible. You know, and you go and you grow up and there's like, you see the options that are around you in whatever town you grew up in. Fuck, you know, and if you're, even if you're lucky enough to grow up in New York City or somewhere where it's like vibrant and moving and all that, you can look at that stuff and go, that illusion of separation can get so heavy and clouded in your mind, especially because parents and uh, teachers and everybody, everybody really pushes you to stay in your lane when you're at the dreamiest, most imaginative part of your life, right? And so Mm -hmm. they try to, it's not they it's not like people are doing an evil thing to you but like 
life's heavy, man. And it wears people down and it rounds their edges. So they're not decisive and sharp and, and they accept things that maybe are beneath them. And, and then they go, Hey man, I want to save you the heartbreak. So maybe you should accept some things that are beneath you and, and all that. And if you don't know, you don't know, you know, and there's not inspiration and, and, um, and especially if you're depressed, you got any kind of mental disorders, anything at all that just gets compounded. And, and so for me, just knowing that it was possible and going, fuck, maybe. And, and what that was for me was a turning point of going, like, I'm not a fan of me. I never thought, like, oh, he's going to, like, I was like, just, I hope I, I hope I don't live in prison or on welfare. Like, those were the things that I thought was maybe going to occur. And, uh, and looking at it, I didn't really get confidence to try those things until I saw how poorly other people were doing it. I'm like, these guys don't even have standards and they're just shouting. And I saw, so I saw this thing where people were being really confident, maybe without the merit behind it, without the work behind it. And I thought I'm not good, but I'm better than, than that guy, mm -hmm. you know? And, and it gave, and, and that can look however it looks to a, a viewer, but like for me, it gave me enough confidence. I could get enough self-esteem where I'd step in and I go, yeah, no, I can do this. I, 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 and because that was the thing is I didn't want to let anybody down. I think that's been an overarching theme of my life is like, um, if I say I'm going to do this or we're going to ride together, man, I, I want, I want you to know that you can believe in my judgment, that you can believe in what I say that you can, that you can count on me, man. I want to, you mm -hmm. know, like that's important to me and it always has been. And so to go out from, you know, to, fighting was a, a dream to be able to make that and to be able to be in, in a position like that, even for the short time. And that, you know, and that's time stuff. That's like when you're born, you're, you know, and, and guys that were born a little earlier than me and they looked at me when I'd started fighting they're like, and pissed because they had that same expression. They're dying to give out, but there wasn't a, there wasn't a vessel that they could show that creation and they yeah, could not put exist. their art somewhere. Right. Yeah. And so they're like, fuck man i would have liked to have done that instead of just going to jail for punching my friends in the bar or whatever the thing is you know <laughs> and uh, so i always felt real grateful for that and um and then to go into these other things they were just interests of mine and so what i'd learned in that time even before fighting was i we're dead anyway and i don't want to I don't want to spend my time doing stuff that I really don't want to do. That's not really serving a greater good or serving my community. If it's not putting smiles on, on my girl's face or my mom's face or, or, or the people around me, if, if the younger dudes that are following me aren't feeling inspired and enriched and encouraged by like all that kind of stuff became the markers for my life. And so I would just try things that I liked and I would fall into that. And <clears throat> like, I, it's like getting into the nightclubs. I got, I, you know, I've had great fortune, you know, in, in, I feel like the opportunities come to everybody. Every man and woman gets the same opportunities all the time, but our awareness, our vibration, our consciousness isn't in a place where we even notice that we have those choices. And so if you're not aware, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's a bad spot. You know, it's, it's part of the definition of being dumb, I think, is that you're unaware of things. And, mm -hmm. and like, if you get in that position, you're just not even privy to it. And, and then your ego is, kind of protecting you and so then you go fuck man my ego is 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 putting me in a position where i can't say that i don't know so it's impossible for me to learn you know now i put myself in a place where um i'm so scared that i can't even learn and i'm just going to pretend and now i'm a fake ass rapper you know what i mean is, is kind of the deal right <laughs> i'm over here trying to convince you and if i convince you maybe i'll feel good about me but i know there's a little hatred in me and i'm an imposter and like all that stuff to dispel all that stuff and go and just wear it and go, well, this is what it is. And I just want to try and to have that, that eagerness of a child 
to be able to go into these new things and go, I don't know, but I sure would like to learn, you know, if you'd like to help me. And, and now is a time where when I was a kid, it was like, if you had that thing, people were crushing you because there wasn't, there wasn't a lot to go around. So older dudes that are 10, 15 years old, they're, they're not wanting you to win necessarily yeah. because it's a, but now, now today, I think, I think the internet's changed so much where people are like, no man, there's opulence and, and I'd love to help you. I'd love you to be on board because this makes this bigger. And, and, and that's the thing really, Kyle, I think that uh, jujitsu taught me the, the first thing was like, I need you to win. I need you. And, and, and not in a competition sense, like I want to strangle you if we're in a competition and it counts, like that's the thing, you know, but like if we're training, there's still ego involved. It's the same as a competition and hobbyists don't kind of get that. Like if, if you're a hobbyist, you think the competition is in the gym and also it's markers, man. If you're, if you're a good guy in the gym, if nobody's ever tapped you before, or if, if, you know, the first time somebody that shouldn't be tapping you taps you, you can never get untapped. Like you can, <laughs> you can finish that guy a thousand times that day. I remember the first time I got this guy, big Dan and, uh, he, I mean, whatever he wanted to do he's 280 pounds. He was a really good blue belt. I was a beginner. I had no idea. And man, I was, I was just, I was mesmerized. You know, I was like, how's he, he's like, he's in the matrix. Like, and he's a big clunky guy, but like, that's how good jujitsu is. It makes, you know, it's, it's wondrous in that way. And I, when I tapped him, he fucking, he was like, oh, and then he went a thousand times that day. I had to stay until he was tired. Right. Until he was sick of doing, because that's kind of a gentlemanly thing to do. You're like, mm -hmm. I understand what it is, man. Yeah. Let you get it. But guess what? Still, I, I felt this man. And that, I lived in that, you know, you can never undo that. So that kind of thing, if you're fighting against like whether you're going to get tapped or not, which someday, you know, I've got to battle with my mind about that. Am I here to win or am I here to learn, yeah. you know? And if I'm here to win, it's a bummer because I don't get better. So I don't win the big game if I'm trying to win the little game. Yeah. But if I look to learn in the little game, man, the big game, I'm a lot more valuable to my community in that way. And, and what I always look at, like if I triangle you the same way and I kill you every time the same way and I never show you my setup, all that stuff, and I'm just happy in, in that I'm winning against this one guy in this dark room where only him and me know, which is pointless, but that's how strong the ego is. That's how dumb it is. It gives us bad information. And then I don't get better because I only have this one. But if I show you everything and I need you to get better, fuck, now I got to find a different route. And now yeah. I look towards there, there's infinite possibility. Now there's opulence instead of scarcity. I have this one move. And if he knows this move, then I'm not going to feel the way I feel it. And it's like, it's all bullshit. And once all that melted away, it opened up a, a consciousness for me to be able to try other things and seek out other professions and go, maybe other people feel this way. Cause I know not everybody grew up in a sense of scarcity that, that I'd felt. And like, I see other people operate and, and their first thing isn't defensiveness. When they see a dude walking down the street, their first thing is, Oh, Hey, good to meet you. My first thing is, is, is this guy, is he capable of hurting me? What's going on? Who else is around? And what, you know, you, you go through these fucking tests in your mind and it's like, that is ridiculous. And I was talking to a, a friend about it. I said, you know, guys are, and not all guys, me, I'll say, I don't know. I don't want to talk for anybody, but I'm ready to fight you all the time. Like yeah. if you're a stranger in, that, in the I'm street, in if you're in a restaurant or something and I walk in there and you look at me, I'm like, cool, man. And, and I, I'm cool. And you're not going to know maybe that I'm not going to betray my own, my own hidden self and play that card. However, I'm going to look and, and I'm going to think, well, now it's your, you know, Hey, how you doing? I'll be smiling and gracious, but like, also if we have to, I'm ready to go. 
Like, it, and, and that's, and that's it. And that keeps the fucking peace, man. That little thing, that knowledge of, I know you're willing and I know I'm willing. I know neither of us are really into it. However, yeah, we, and, and when that becomes the, the operating manual for my fucking life, I'm in defense of everything, you know, but it's kind of like, it's almost necessary too. You got to keep, you've got to be able, I think it's my responsibility, able to be fit and, and all that, because it's like, I take my dog to the park and he's, he can be a bit of a dick, you know, like if, and, but he's, he's a, it's situational. If you're a, li a little chihuahua and, uh, you hold your ground, like he'll run up and sniff and fuck a dog running up. It, it's like, you know, anybody runs up on anybody. It seems weird. And that chihuahua looks and he's like, hey. and he just looks and he's a little nothing chihuahua. Hank's like, cool, man. And he goes on and he sniffs the next pile of shit or whatever <laughs> if you're a bigger dog even and you roll over and show him your and you're like hey no i'm cool i'm cool he'll sit there and menace you and growl and bark over your body until you piss on yourself golden retriever you know like <laughs> and that's the way and i'm like you gotta at least own your shadow if you're not willing to defend your space if you got nothing that you kind of it's like de-evolution in a way i think it's not the structure that we're supposed to live with checks and balances to some degree. It's not a free for all. There's evolutionary rules that we got to follow. And I think that when I get my life internally in line with those things, shit moves smoother. And so, and that's gone into like, yeah, film and this and that. I don't know how it works, man. I couldn't have contrived it, but I just said yes. And I showed up and then I go, I want to, I want to not, it's like even coming here, man. It's like, uh, my friend asked me to come and do this podcast. I want to not let him down. I want to make sure that uh, the result is what everybody's after, you know, and, and the same thing in film. If I get hired for a job, man, if there's a better guy, get that guy, whatever makes this film the best. Like I'm a part of this thing. And like, and so knowing myself and my own ego in a place and going into a position where I can be a healthy additive instead of like, we got to work around this guy because he's got some funny ideas about whatever. He's got quirky energy. You know, it's like I'm not. I'm here to make people more comfortable, man. I'm here to. I'm here to make people maybe challenge their ideas about uh, how they need to look into their own darkness, how they need to overcome their own ego, how they need how it's our it's our duty to elevate ourselves and it's our duty to be cooperative in that respect. And and we can't get as good. If we're not cooperative, we just can't, you know, I look at origin of the species and you look at like what Darwin wrote about and everybody takes away because everybody's kind of a knucklehead and everybody thinks they're a tough guy. And so they all go, Hey dude, it's, it's dominance of the fittest and all that kind of yeah, shit and whatever, fittest, right? Yeah. Only the strong survive. But that ain't true. I mean, it's, it's a portion of that, but that whole idea he talks about is about cooperation is about if we're not all conspiring for each other's best, like, yeah. And some are going to get cold. It's going to fall away. But like, death isn't the worst thing. And we're in this weird society where we think that's, you know, we don't even talk about it. Like, unless you're a farmer, like they're ahead of people mostly because they see a cycle of life, but we're so uh, anesthetized to it. I think that, you know, if we're going to live in a non-reality, it's, it's, we're going to bump into reality, you know? And it's like, that's, that it maybe behooves you to find out more and explore more about how the universe operates, I think. Yeah. So many, so many of us get caught in whatever, the thing is that we grow up with right like whatever that is it's different for us than it is for our kids yeah. like we we had corded phones and then we watched that, that crazy go yeah, into, corded phones you know, they put the cell phone in the car first and there was a car phone if yeah. you had money for it 
shit like that and then now kids got fucking ipads they got everything you got google you got the internet and it's just like you take it at face value as this has always existed this is the way it always has been this is what i have and this is how life is right because this is the time period that you're in and you don't scale back to think like how did right how did they live 100 years ago how did they live fucking a thousand years ago you know like how did this go down and where's the responsibility yeah. is the onus on the ipad to train the kid or is it on you to learn from the kid as you train the kid on how to be a proper human you know and that becomes this thing of how am i cheating uh how am i shirking my own responsibilities and passing over because technology has made our lives easier well yeah there's an option for it to be easier and it's nice to take part in that in some ways but i would counter that the best thing is if you're butting up against it a little bit and, it, and it's a little bit abrasive and you have to learn, man, oh, I skin my knees and you learn how to stand up again. You know, you, you've, you've got to come into that, uh, that pressure a little bit and everybody tries to be stress-free and it's like, it's like, no, we're trying, we, we, we want stress, but we want it to be potent and directive, right? I don't want to, I don't want a leaky stress that I'm, where I feel frustrated and I don't feel like this life is a tenable thing that I understand it all. Yeah, if you're out of control and it's constant, then right. that's, that's. That's no mania. Bueno. Yeah. That's a that's misery. You're living in hell. That's hell. And and then if you look at it at the gym, you go, I want to exact a, a response. I want to become adaptive to this new pressure that I have, this stressor. And like stress, potent stress. If you decide the stress, whew, you grow into greatness. And I don't know anybody that I look to as great as like a hero of mine that shrinks from stress in that way. Like they go into potent amounts of stress and then they dictate also their recovery and, and all that. I want, when, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I, I hate it when people flip it, but I want to know too, like as, <laughs> as you age, how has your training changed? You oh, know, I major. feel like you go back to the same yeah. thing I do. We're going to train as hard as we can with weights and this and that. We're going to do wrestling and then we're going to strike later in the day. So we're going to work two or three a days and we're going to do that probably five days a week, sometimes six, or we'll do another thing on, you know, things like that. Right. And now, uh, with yeah, maybe get a two a day on Saturday, but then all the intellectual, <laughs> like there's a lot of parts of your life, <clears throat> family, lovers, this and that, that like didn't take precedence at a certain mm -hmm. time because it's a, a selfish endeavor of, I have to form myself to be this thing, to do this thing. And now you're in a place where, okay, now I have, I'm going to learn about business more and I'm going to learn how to operate in these different venues more, um, what I'm finding is that there's less space for recovery. So if I were yep. to work out that hard, I don't get any benefit. I'm just always in a point of, of that deconstruction. I never have a, a good rebuild. And, I, and uh, so I'm looking to you for help. Yeah, 100%, brother. Uh, it's a great question. And I've started yoga, which has been fucking Yoga's curative. fucking amazing. Dude, it is amazing. Dude, I can't. I mean, my body, I'd wake up in the middle of the night, a couple times a night, started doing yoga about four weeks ago, and fucking, it is incredible. It's it a offers game space inside. It's, it's amazing. It's a game changer. Anyway. Yeah, I've had a, it's funny, you know, like we, we train that way, and it's, and, you know, when I retired, I first looked back and I was like, damn, fighting is so selfish. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't look at fighters and be like, oh, you selfish prick. Like, it's just a selfish thing. Yeah, I don't even takes, look at it as a bad way. It takes it, it takes all your time, you know, and I see, obviously, you know, guys that I that I train with and you trained at fucking Jackson Wink, like with really top tier dudes, yep. like guys that are still fighting now who also have families. And I didn't have a family until after I finished. And the requirements as a dad are fucking high. Like if you're fucking imagine. trying to be When I see good involved, parenting, it's so impressive. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's so, it takes so much from you physically, especially with the lack of sleep for the first year that I was realizing like, 
I can't even train two a days. Like I can't train a two a day, even if one's light. Like I need to just space shit out. And now I might do jujitsu. Obviously, I got to fuck, not obviously, but fuck my knee up. Talk about ego. Mm. Guy that's smaller than me, that's not a black belt. Hook, dude. He got me in a heel hook side knee bar. These little fuckers, man. And it hurt, but it didn't, it didn't hurt bad. And I thought, oh, I'll fight my way out. And, you know, still didn't hurt. And I ended up tapping because I realized I wasn't getting out and then torn meniscus, right? You know so, what I heard when I was uh, brand new? Mm. When, my, when my knee popped the first time, they go, uh, does, it, does it hurt right now? And I go, yeah. They go, good. Then you're probably okay. And and then I heard it again another time, and it didn't hurt, and it hurt later, and that's when I had damn. They're like, that's the problem with a heel hook is that it doesn't hurt till late. You know, you if you're yeah. tough, you withstand that, but you're fucked. Yeah, I kept rolling the rest of the practice. Yeah, and then couldn't walk the next day. Good right, God. so now I've got a nice six month layoff. Right to to really uh be humbled right. and understand that you know yeah. but even when i'm training it's maybe twice a week for jujitsu twice a week for strength training which has now changed from powerlifting four days a week to hitting kettlebells and maybe deadlifting once a week yeah. you know just something very basic and even though i can't make it to a yoga facility my wife just finished her 200 hours she's, yoga teacher training dude i look she's at what legit. she does and it's amazing <clears throat> Yeah, she's pretty gifted at that. So talk she'll about put being me, comfortable where you'd be uncomfortable. And she finds spaces where I'm just like, "Good God, man!" I, <laughs> I mean, the videos make me uncomfortable. I'm like, "Okay, there's a place you could go. You got a lot of work to do," mm -hmm. which is cool because it's nice yeah. to have them. You see the what human potential is, right? Mm -hmm. I may never be that flexible. I may never be that right. mobile, but it's cool to see like, "Oh, right. that that can happen," right? Yeah, but she'd never be able to take a it. bat to the ribs like I can. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she couldn't check a kick and walk right out there. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but, smile it off. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's it's changed tremendously. But what's cool is like is not grasping that thing that we once did. Like, fuck, I used to be in this kind of shape, and right. I used to walk around at five percent body fat, and I used to and do it all means this. Yeah, exactly. And then like that was a part of my identity. And then now being happy with, fuck, I can go roll twice a week, and I'm pretty beat up from it, but right. I recover. Right. Right. If I go more than that, and I'm actually rolling. I'm going to be a miserable piece of shit. Then when my son wants right. to play with me, who's a three-year-old ball of energy, right. I'm a piece of shit. So I, I gave want, myself yeah. to these young guys at the gym that I don't really know very well or whatever, and then my kids are going to suffer for that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I can't, you know, it's like, it's fun to get in there daily. You learn that much more, and there's so much to fucking learn. Yeah. When I came here and they got a 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu, like, I came from a great place at Checkmat, and I love being a Checkmat black belt. But it's like learning a second language. And Eddie Bravo's stuff is fucking phenomenal. And yeah. it's a lot of leg shit and it's yeah. all nogi. And it's really cool to learn that new language. It's right? a trip because he really gave a language that was more where I came up. It, it was like there, it wasn't as clear. We didn't have defined terms and movements for every position. And the way he microanalyzed it and, and the process he put down, I've never really seen that before anywhere it's mm -hmm. uh it's a it's a trip i feel real grateful too yeah but it is it's a new language yeah it's a new language and it's awesome to learn that and i'm drawn towards it yeah. but then also being mindful of where i'm at now right and i'm not i'm fucking 36 right but given the fact that this is my first nine to five that sure. i gotta be at five days a week given the fact that i still gotta be dead the second i get home and all systems go for at least three hours right right like that's that's important to me, you know, yep. so that kind of how you prioritize your life 
changes as you go. And it's important to recognize that and then not feel bad about how it's changing or the new thing that's right. there, but to, to embrace it as yep. it changes and then know like, hey, that's okay too. I still get to roll. Yeah. And even like with the fucking injury now, it's like for a month, I was a miserable piece of shit. And then I realized like, hey, I brought this on myself, take ownership of that. And then what's going to happen now? Well, I can still train my upper body. I can still mm -hmm. train my core. I can still open up my hips, you know, and feel better, you know, with yoga and things like that. And then I'll still get to get back on the mat at some point. Right. Like that's not going to fucking end. I'll still get to do that. And hopefully the next time I'll recognize maybe it's a right. little bit better to tap early and fucking roll again, yeah. even if it doesn't hurt, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's that, uh, that, uh, I, I, I haven't, I was, people are like, you still train a lot. And I'm like, and, and I go, yeah, of course. But then, and then I go, but, and they don't really know the question they're asking me, but I'm like, but I haven't fought for my life like, like that in years you know where it's like this is you know you're in your fourth guy that's fresh that's come like i haven't done like i haven't really trained like i'm a hobbyist now which is a weird <laughs> thing you know yeah. it's like it's a it's kind of a trip because it doesn't matter as much either it's the kind of like no man i'm having fun in a whole different way so jujitsu has become a, a whole different expression for me in, in a way because i'm um i'm able to slow down listen and give more too which is nice because everybody you know that's the thing is that slowing down everybody goes so fast that they miss the details and then they wonder why they're not getting that result and that it's yeah, just sometimes like, you slap the submission on but it's not necessarily repeatable right, you right. Know? yeah yeah and how did you get there can you tell me because mm -hmm. if you can't tell me man i can't help my community you know what i mean i need to be able to let you know what's happened so can you teach it so that thing when i'm hurt too is like it, it gives me a great opportunity to uh, expand my the emotional uh, stress that I put myself under, or intellectual stress, or other ways that I can grow myself, and and so I I'm, I just you know that's the thing is I've tried to just look at what what the opportunity is and go towards the opportunity instead of thinking about the the why nots and the can'ts and all that stuff. Like I trained myself to not look at that stuff a long time ago because yeah, there's always a there's always a goalie, but you can always score. You know, it's just that's on you, and people are winning. Why not you? And, and so I, I, I kind of, you know, I try to bolster myself with that and go, well, let's just show up and see what happens, you know? And, and in that is a win, you know, just go, go into the thing is the win, you know, the, you, you expand greatly when you say yes, and you walk into the door and you become present for the experience and go, I'm not trying to direct it. I'm not looking for an outcome, but I'm here to stand in it while it unfolds. And like, whatever that is, whatever that conversation looks like. And, and that's kind of what I've taken into into uh, into film, into this endeavor to write a book and my podcast. It's just like an exploration. It's like an exploration conversation, and and I love the conversations. I love the storytelling of films. I love this. Like that's where we heal, right? Is like when when I when I have a, a conversation with you, when I'm when we're talking about our vulnerabilities, when we're when when I have a problem and I have somebody I trust that I can come and confide in. Man, my problem is halved. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I, I, I find healing in those conversations and, and so that's the thing, but you got to be courageous to stand in some conversations because they're uncomfortable yeah. and, and, and receptive, yeah. right? If, yeah. you, if you've got it all yeah, fucking man. figured out, yeah, man. you're not going to learn much. You know, the beautiful part I've been looking at a lot is that, is this perspective thing is that th this idea that, uh, I've kind of been chanting a little bit, we can all have different opinions and nobody has to be wrong. You know, and that's a that's a crazy place to stand. 
because completely counterculture to the way shit's working now. And I give you a graciousness <laughs> and a generosity of all your experiences to be right. And of course you would think what you're thinking from your perspective with all the things that you've walked through. And is it helpful for me to counter that and say, you're wrong, look at it my way. Or is it helpful for me to come around and go, I can see completely why you're looking at it like that. And then I'm looking at it like this. And like, and, and, and that's the other thing of cooperation is I need your eyes and I need his eyes and I need everybody's eyes because everybody's got this perspective and that gives me more information. If we're running a business together and it's just my perspective and I'm going and I'm not taking in all the information of my team that has the same goal, that's insanity. I'm cutting out like 95% of the information that could lead to good decision-making, you know? And, and so I've just been trying to live in that a lot and not, you know, that this thing of uh, contrariness is, is so strong now everywhere. Everybody's, whatever's on the internet, whatever's wherever, people are just like, yeah, but it's not like that because of this. For these people, what about the Syrians? They're not happy right now or, or whatever. And it's like, yeah, cool in the gang, man. Like, but I'd, I'd rather be solution-based than problem-based. Everybody's, everybody is so, they're fucking talented, a bunch of black belts at pointing out the problems. Mm -hmm. What does that do to turn the dial? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. All it does is instill divisiveness and, and hurt, really, like an ache. And then I can live in the solution. I could go, hey, dude, I'm going to need your help. I mean, fucking this, this community thing is, this, is the strongest thing ever. And, and, and that is where, because every day ain't a Doris day, when I fall and I'm sad and I want to put a pistol in my mouth or, or whatever bad decision is going to rule my life because I just don't see it going on because life could get so fucking heavy and so fucking dark that there's blackness and I can't get out of bed, that kind of thing. Man, you better have a community, and and that's and that's the way I've been kind of coursing my life, and I've been paying attention. You know that that wh how come things have been able to lead where they have for me uh, out of fighting is really because I've been paying attention. I think, and I and I look towards that, and I go, I want to make sure my ship is good. I'm the fish I got to catch. I can't be pointing fingers all. It doesn't matter. Like I'm I'm not the curator of anybody's behavior except mine, and to the degree that I'm looking at yours, I'm not taking care of mine. And, and I look at it like we're all a ship. And if I don't have my anchors moored right, if I don't have the, the, if I don't have, uh, the availability to put, close my hatches and seal that and my seals aren't, man, it's going to be nasty when a storm comes. And the deal is emotionally in life, in our, in our human existence, there's always storms. And, and when you get over that storm, we go, thank God that's over. And let's fucking party and let's just not pay attention until the next storm. But that guy's boat is all over the place. He is a prey to his emotional nature and he's fucking gone and lost. And so it's been my job to go, how do you tighten up the ship enough? Because there's going to be a storm and you better take care of that ship while it's nice weather. And then when the storm comes, no big deal. And you're ready to go out. And, and, and then you're not starting from a deficit of, I've got to find my mooring point. I've got to do it. You're already, you've begun. That's champion thinking. Instead of going, I'm going to go, like in fight, like I, that's where I learned it was in fights, and you're going to go and you're going to have a, the, a camp, you're going to lose weight first, you're going to get to weight, like it's crazy, we're all always losing weight. Lose weight, but what does that do? It takes away from skill set building, mm -hmm. so I'm not building skills while I'm losing weight, I'm not building skills while I'm getting endurance even, maybe a little bit, but like to focus on that's a whole different thing, but most of my camp is eaten up with not doing that. And then I have the fight, culminates. Ooh, then regardless of what happens, I have a bit of depression. And then I eat. And then I, 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 I loosen up this highly disciplined life a little bit. And then the next call comes. And they go, okay, uh, in, in three months or whatever, and there's another date. And I go, 
okay. And there's, you know, there's, there's always an excitement and always a nervous. I don't know anybody that doesn't have both when they get offered a fight. They're like, holy fuck, what am I doing with my life? I'm going to go and fight a guy. Am I going to do this again? Like, and there's always that for as eager (laughs) as every fighter is, there's always that other aspect of them. And everybody wants to, you know, all these fucking spectators in life. And for God's sakes, if you are one, please go ahead and jump in the game, man. Like, like nobody wins as a spectator and, and uh, nobody's got shit to say either. So stay off the comments. But um, <laughs> it's like I, I come from a place where it's like you got to earn your opinion, homie. You can't just have yeah. no merit in that. You can say some shit, and we can teach you some things. But please keep that shit to yourself if you don't have experience. I mean, I, like Joey Villa Senior, we were all doing buddy carries up a hill once, and he's doing stair runs, and we all got done with buddy carries, and and then and we'd done stair runs the day before, and he's like, listen. Because people are like, come on, you can do it. And there's all the cheerleading. You know, it's not like coaching. It's cheerleading that happens. And he's like, I know you guys have suffered before. If you're not suffering with me right now, how about you shut your fucking mouth? <laughs> and it's like, totally get that. As an athlete that's doing the thing, I get it. I don't want to hear shit from you unless you're in the fucking mud with me. Yeah. And and, and that and that becomes like how I guide my shit. But this whole thing about the fighting, I was talking to Peanut about it. And, and I was like, you know, we do all this cycle. And I started looking at my own cycle. And then I got to get back to this place to jump off again. And so how do I ever get to be a champion if most of my time in my camps is spent losing weight or trying to get my endurance up? Like, that's insane. And what if it was all that I was always dialed in? I, like, and I think that Randy Couture was a, was, a, was a real marker to go, that's how to carry yourself because he was so old. Yeah, right? what GSP is, as well. What does old give you? It gives you that you have more consequences if you pay attention less to the details. The less I pay attention to the details, the consequences go high. Because I can't come back as quickly, I can't recover as quickly, I can't build strength as quickly as a 42-year-old man or whatever, right? And so he's looking at that, he says, that's the only difference. And I started looking at that truth. And I go, what if all these younger athletes just came to the party ready to learn and ready to get a skill set going? And and so that's kind of becomes the whole thing for my life. If I want to be available to these opportunities that pass by every man and woman in this river of life that comes by all the time, I need to A, be aware but then I better be fucking prepared. And, and, and then I can take hold and I can go, man, that's something that I think I could add value to. And, go. and it's like, it's, as opposed to going, oh, that's a shiny gold thing that I want. And I'm going to go and get after that. It's like, where, where can I increase the value of this thing? And, and, and that's the opulence, right? And, and I think that that, that kind of thinking um, is just getting out of myself. Is that, it's like, you've got you to gotta control your ego enough so you can get out of yourself and go, wait a minute. Yeah, I need more money but I'm working for this woman and she's about to lose her business. If she doesn't have a business, I don't have any money. And so maybe I should make it my business to make the thing that is paying me, the wellspring that I'm getting in, make that better. And make. And when that clicked in me, I was like, oh, I understand the difference now. I understand why. And maybe that was my first tip off into like, that's the, that's the difference with entrepreneurialism and, 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 and just judgment or spectatorship, right? It's like, you got to take ownership of going, no, I need to make this better. And I'm, I'm not seeing the result for me. I need to, I need to make you win. And it's like that thing about training in jujitsu or coaching. I need to make you win. And then I can get better. If I'm not interested in making you win, it's, I, I stay muted, man. And yeah. it's not fun. It's also not fun. It feels wrong on every aspect, every marker we have for uh, uh, evolution. It feels fucking wrong. It feels, it doesn't, I'm not in that space. So that's what I've been trying to do. I'm going, I just want to get uh, enough money to get by, make sure that my mom, if she ever needs nursing later, if she not, like, I want to make sure that my family's taken care of. And, and then I just want to see, can I increase value here, there, wherever? 
And, and where can I live opulently that my soul shines and I don't feel like, uh, you know, a fake ass rapper. And that comes with doing work, meriting the position and then showing up, you know, and, and that's kind of, it's been the same thing, you know, with, uh, with film, with everything, those skills, they transfer everywhere. They, that, you know, you learn how to fall in love with digging a ditch. You learn how to fall in love with your whole life. It's a transferable skill. And it's the same thing about getting my ego out of the way going, I want to be of service to people. When I'm of service to people, I'm not thinking about me. One of the biggest things to fight my depression, which is a self-interested fucking crippling illness that's self-imposed, is think of others. Because I'm just self-obsessed when I'm depressed. Woe is me. This is bad. The world's bad as it reflects on me. It's scary. Da, da, da. I can't see shit anywhere. If I go and I make solving your problems my business, my problems die of neglect. And that's just been the fact of my experience. And I can take that into every industry ever. I feel nervous about these guys because these guys are all heroes in the, in the film world or the stunt world or something. I'm like, fuck, I'd like to talk to them, but what would I have to say? And, da, da. and I feel like a little kid on the schoolyard wanting to get accepted at a new school, you know? And then I go, what do I do? I go over to those little boys and I go, hey, guys, uh, yeah, uh, so what are you doing? Where'd you get your shoes or whatever? Because I think maybe the shoes is the different. They got nice shoes. I don't have the right shoes. And it ain't about the shoes, you know? And then all they see is they go, this dude acts funny. And they're in the fourth grade or whatever. And, and, but they don't see I'm trying to make friends. They just see he acts funny because I, I, I can't be authentic because I'm thinking, what are they thinking that I should be when I go over? And then I'm How all, can I change myself And to then I'm all them. fucked up yeah. in that, right? All they see is they go, this dude's a fake-ass rapper later. And then I don't, I've got no friends in that. Same thing in, in life everywhere. And then I, I flip that and I go, where can I bring value here? Like, hey, does anybody need anything? I'm going to run to the store. Can I get you guys anything? And then, you know, it's like, where, where can I infuse? Where, where can I make somebody else's life better? Where can I be thoughtful of others? And dude, that's the answer to my anxiety, to my depression, to like just being helpful. If I position myself to be helpful, that, that makes money. You know, a kid asked me at the warehouse, he goes, hey, man, I need an extra job. I need to make some extra money. And I go, I think you're asking the wrong question. He goes, well, what do you mean? And I go, well, you're 19, you know, and, and uh, what are you able to do? I said that the thing that I, I think to make myself more valuable to my community is, is the job. And so how am I growing myself so that, you know, only me could do this thing and that there's a value on that and that pays more money or whatever. Do you speak Spanish? Are you bilingual? Cause that, that's an added bonus. Is your shirt tucked in? Do you look presentable? Are, is your hygiene good? Like all those things are, can you look a guy in the eye? You know, have you done something where you've mastered so you could talk about your mastery and couple, like you have a point of interest with other people that are high achieving people? It's like, these are the things to curate yourself. And I really think that we get this idea of like, I want money or I want success, whatever that fucking mutated idea of what success is to most people. And we chase that shit. And, there's, and then you get down to the end of the road and you go, there's no happiness in that, man. I don't feel good. I got $10 million and I'm dying of cancer or whatever the thing is. Yeah. And you get into that and you go, what then what is this? Cuz they sold me a wrong bill of goods. They told me this was the answer, you know? And and when you go, no man, it's the communion with others. It's this it's this cooperation that makes me feel alive. That's the thing that makes me live, you know? And uh and when you put yourself in that position, it's a whole different, you know, I get I don't get that unless I'm willing to go, I want to look at it from his perspective cuz he's looking at it hella different than me. And, and he seems happy, you know? And so what am I missing? And, and, uh, and, and that's what I've been endeavoring to do lately. And, and uh, that, that's, that's where it all goes. It's all simple, you know, all the shit, you know, have, have great manners when you don't feel like it. It's all stuff we learn when we're little kids and then we forget because we get smart. And because when we get smart enough, we get scared enough in the world that we make funny decisions. And, um, and so I just, yeah, I don't know.
feel like I I'm fucking love it, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's the concept of I'll be happy if or I'll be happy when, right? right. And so we use that in the in the chasing of success or the the dream job or the financial like number, whatever the fucking number is. I'll be happy if I have that mm -hmm. number. I'll be happy when I retire. I'll be happy when I get through this, you know, this two week grind, which turns into a two month grind, which turns into a two year grind. And whatever that is, like you got to find it now. You right. got to find the thing that makes you feel alive right now. And yep. whatever that that is that gives you meaning and purpose, that's the thing that you fucking invest in. Yeah. You still got to pay the bills, but without community, without family, without people that you really can look at like tribe, what's it all fucking for? And how do you learn? Yeah. Especially in this world where there's so much to look at. You got to separate the wheat from the chaff. And like, so where's potent information that I can pay attention to the right thing? I need other people to be vetting all that stuff with me. You know, that, that, that becomes real operative because there's so much bad information that's out there now. I mean... What a weird time where you it's tough to trust anything that is out right and, and like that's the other thing is i get miserable when i look at the things that are out when i look at like the state of the world or this or that or or whatever people trying to make up pronouns for people like it or whatever like you know what i mean it's like all that stuff <laughs> oh seems, canada seems hella weird and not very useful right yeah, it seems yeah. like that's a perfect example of people paying attention to the wrong things. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to pay attention to all these things and you're going to wonder decades later after you've had your little revolution in this fucking weird thing that nobody really understands except four people. Awesome. And now you're still miserable. Great. You're, so you're angry. You've pitted yourself you, you're against intolerance so much that you're the most intolerant, isolated cocksucker that anybody can stand to not be around. Like, who wants to who wants to that that's the end of that road no thanks and all you got to do is be aware and look at that and go oh that's how that that's how people get cancer like yeah. i don't yeah. i don't I, I prefer not where does that victory lead you know you right. look down far enough it's right. kind of like what does that lead to does that lead to like a society where we're so careful with our words that no one truly expresses themselves no right. one is ever vulnerable no one ever speaks their mind obviously there's the polar opposite of that where people fucking spew hate out of their mouths constantly constantly you know and and i've had know, guys threaten to kill me rape my mom the whole thing all of it and then hit me in a dm later and go sorry dude i was, I, I had it wrong and uh i was just in my feelings I'm like really motherfucker that's how little control you have over yourself <laughs> How is that even on the table for you? Like, it's crazy. We got a lot of trolls come out but, on us online. Oh, One time man. I just posted the address to on it. Yeah, right. And you were fucking dying laughing underneath. So good. It. No comment after that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crickets. Oh, did you Crickets. Google me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Dude was running his mouth constantly. I'm like, 4401 Friedrich Lane, sweet. 302 Austin, Texas, 78744. Ask for it. Kingsbury at the front desk. I love I love simple as that. I love it. People like people are like, what's the best part about jujitsu? Because like, it separates all those fake ass rappers. Like, oh, are you a purple belt? Well, cool. We can find out right now and we'll know after touching each other what each other's abilities are just for a few seconds. If you're if you're adept at that, if you've been paying attention. And 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 uh yeah, there's no lies there. You know, that's that was the beautiful part about jujitsu for me was there's all all the bullshit and then there's just like oh we can find out right now and the, and, and the people making the threats on there they're like oh he's willing he's willing to fight me right now for and and that's the thing you go through it it's like i, I prefer not to do any of that but like if you would like a lesson i, I would for sure grow your consciousness here and, and i'll be down here yeah, for allow me to help you yeah let me to yeah, help you grow please as a let human me be being. of service uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah man ready and willing it's almost a duty it's yeah. like a duty you know like you got to help young dudes
Well, I saw that too growing up, and I'm sure you did. Obviously, fighting professionally was not our first time fucking scrapping, mm -hmm. right? So, but bullies, and that's a big deal now. And we see like zero tolerance policies. I remember when I was in high school, Sorry they started impl implementing the first zero tolerance policies. Like you fight, you get expelled. Right. And people didn't fight anymore on campus. Still a couple fights here and there, but not, not major. But one of the things I noticed growing up was how many bullies that I later remedied of their bulliness mm. got away with just fucking words mm -hmm. they would talk so much shit and and obviously looked the part right and no one ever challenged them and they would just fucking ruin people yeah. with their bullying yep. you know until it came to a point and i was on the other side of that spec that spectrum if i'm honest where as i got older i bullied some kids never uh -huh. physically but probably a piece of shit where i had it in me right. to fucking talk more shit than i needed to yeah but as a kid who was bullied just wishing I, a motherfucker I, would yeah when i came into age it was like <laughs> oh god like now i'm at the point where i can say all right let's do it you know and every time that happened every time it was the most lopsided fight ever right and i couldn't believe it like i was in disbelief picking apart a guy with very little i had very little experience yeah. uh you know with learning martial arts mm -hmm. and could still pick apart this guy in a street fight because they had never been challenged at all. once, not once. But talking like they're Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And that, that's the thing I thought I, I, I remember a guy, I choked him out like six different times. He, he kept, he, he spit, he, he spit on me is at, at, at the door of the bar that I worked at. And, uh, and it was at that point that it was, uh, we had to have a different conversation, you know? And, and so, and he, he invited it. He goes, well, come on, and, you know, come on, faggot, get across the street, fucking, you got us that fucking stupid motherfucker. What do you fucking fight every day or something? You think you're something? And I was like, and I was like four days out from a fight. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was just, I was like, yes, that's exactly, that actually, you're not going to believe me, but that's exactly what I do every day. It's all I think about is, is this, right? That's all I think about is getting in your fucking neck, bro. And we go over and he and he swings and I duck under and I choke him to sleep and he gets up and I figure we're gonna be good. We, now we can talk, right? We've leveled it out. The problem with choking somebody out, it's like tasing somebody. They're gone. They come back. They have no idea what they happened. Pick up, it's just the like you press gone. pause on the movie yep. and now you press play again. There's no residual hangover from that. So he comes back all full of, and you know whatever he's on and all that four or five more times and then after he's out like the fourth or fifth time. I call over to one of my guys and go, hey, because we would do citizen's arrest. And I go, um, give me some handcuffs. And so I, I link the dude up the next time he goes. And then he comes to in handcuffs. And then instead of motherfucking me, it's a whole different story. And he's not going to kill my mom anymore and all that. And uh, he's not a part of the, uh, he's, he's claiming some fucking Italian mafia shit. I'm like, we're in New Mexico, homie. Like, <laughs> you sell ecstasy in the street. And, uh, and so, um, and then he goes, no, no, no. And then the bartering starts and then the police come and he's, he's, I, I didn't notice at first, but he's shaved his eyebrows off to where there's little blood spot, like, like Nick's, you know, mm -hmm. uh, what a weird motherfucker. I didn't notice until he's handcuffed. And he's under this tree. He's on, I was like, well, that's interesting. And, and then the police came later, of course. And I go, it's too late, man. After put the handcuffs on, only the police take him off. I don't know what's going on. You know, that's it for you. You're going to go settle down for the night. And he goes, yeah, he attacked me and he grabbed my head and he rubbed my eyebrows off on the ground because the cop was like what are you doing dude you look ridiculous he's like yeah he did that to me and i thought that was amazing but that whole thing you know like having the ability to go i know i can keep you safe you know he didn't get hurt at all 
Yeah. Like, and we can do that thing. I can completely shut. And I thought, man, this jujitsu, everybody's got it. It's like, it, it feels like it's a responsibility that people know that. Like, it's such a good thing to have. And just the confidence, the leveling of your pride, all that stuff. I mean, that that's the thing too, is like, I, I, I try to do stand up or I go into the, you know, I'm in acting classes now and, and like, I get jobs in, in the stunt world regardless, but I, I want to get better at those things and what those things do, why I want to is because it scares me. You know, I was in a, I was in a, I'm in this acting practicum and there's like eight people and they're good. And, uh, and I'm me, you know, and there's a teacher and he's, he's like a, and there are a lot of theater guys. Is this like drama class in high school? Kind of. I mean, it's like, so we're in a theater in Los Angeles and, and there's like eight or 10 of us there. And there's like a teacher, or like a couple people leading. And he goes, first day he goes, Hey, uh, we want to get monologues. Everybody's going to present a monologue next week. And, and this is a workspace. It's not a class. It's just a place for you to work on your stuff and maybe get some feedback and all that. And so there's a bunch of competent people here to do that. And we're going to do that. It's cool. He goes, do you have a monologue? And I go, no. And, but a lot of people that are actors have monologues that they can go. And so then they can go audition to a agent or something like that. Right. Mm. Which I always thought, how weird is that, that you're in a room with a guy and you're just going to do a thing from streetcar named desire or something to this guy to show, like, so it's the kind of, it's, it's, it's funny. It makes me giggle at least, you know, like whatever, that's the way to do it. I'll do that. But it's, it seems silly a little. And, uh, and so I don't, I don't, I don't have one. So he assigns one to me from this play called assassins. And it's, a it's a, about this guy that's going to go kill president Nixon. And it had to have been assassins for you. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. yeah. It was great. Shakespeare. It was great. <laughs> so anyway, I, I I get that and I go to this bookstore where they have all these plays and I study it and I'm trying to learn it. And it's like four pages. It's a lot. And I was like, I've never endeavored anything of that size to try to uh, do on film or anything. So I get that and I go, okay. And I work on it all the time and and um, I it's I I can do it. I, I I'm, can do it. But then I'm like, I don't want to present it though. And I'm like. Who's going to be first? So the next day class comes and I've got my stuff and the whole please. And it's kind of a tiered thing. It's got like eight rows and I'm on the back row just so I could view everything, you know? And, uh, and so nobody fucking looks at me and I'm in there and my buddy's there. He's a Navy SEAL. And so he can barely hear. He's a few years out now, but he's, he's in this, in this, he's the one that got me into the practicum. And so He's like, uh, hey, you're going to be there. And he doesn't show up. I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, I'm here alone with these fucking nerds, man. And I'm looking <laughs> down at this one dude, and he's like 55 or something. He's in front of me. And 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 I go, am I going to go first? Who's gonna, I should just fucking go and just bust a nut and get it done. And I'm about to raise my hand. And he goes, I'll go. And I was like, well, great. I guess John's going to go. And so I, I sit back and listen. And I was like, he does something from Othello or something. And he's um, beautiful, right? And it's long, and I was like, I'm, I might be in the wrong class. Like this guy's really good. And I go, he's. And then I, afterwards, I hear he's done this. He's presented that. He's been paid to be on stage and do that role twice before. So for full runs of shows, he's done this professionally. This monologue, and I got mine last week. And I'm like, <laughs> I feel like we're on different levels, you know. And and then I go, okay, well maybe I'll go next, and somebody else jumps up and. Uh, and then I go, well, I'll go last, you know, and maybe they'll run out of time. Maybe that'll happen and I'll get lucky. And I'm here, that's how crazy the mind is. I'm here in the experience, wanting the stuff and going, maybe they'll pass me up and that would be freedom. 
right? So I got this mind that lies to me. I got this critic inside. I got to control. And so then I'm sitting there more. A couple more people go. They're fucking great. I cry at one. It's fucking awesome. And then I thought, I'm in the wrong class for sure because I thought these other people would maybe suck also. And uh, and then I'm looking at the stairs. And I'm like, I could fake an injury, I guess, when I'm walking up. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm, and then I, and I, and all this stuff is going. My mind's on fire with this crazy mania, and I'm and I'm watching my mind do all this stuff. I'm like, this is so interesting. Like, you might as well be six years old right now, going to a new school or something. This is crazy. And so those are the situations when I feel stuff like that that I try to put myself in as much as I can because that's the stuff when I left that after I did that uh, on that day, I never had to feel like that again, A. But then right when I left, man, the kind of fucking, I felt like I was a new, a, a different fella, you know, and I was. I was a different fella than the guy that walked in. And, and those are the things, man, those breakthroughs that are, that are hard to push up again. And it's silly. It's going and talk. But I'm looking at that stage, bro, and I'm like, where do I hide up in that stage? It's just me on that stage. And then all these people are going to look at me. And everything is very well lighted in, in theater. They're lighted just exactly how they want it to be, which is fucking everything. You're a microscope and you can't see them. And I'm like, that is an uncomfortable position that you guys have set up but to go and do that and give it away then and to go it doesn't matter how I, this is going to be what it is and now you have to flow and so those things too that i've been looking into is how do you how can you control a flow state in a better way besides like you know the first time i knew it and had language for it was like when i was in a stick fight and i i felt a dilution of time and all and before that when i was a kid it was when i'd rob houses or something like that you know i'd i'd feel like if you know you're like where you feel like that high consequence and you're in emotion and it's like you get into this other place and and uh, that's I can feel that when I perform in that way and so that practicum has been good just as far as sharpening the sword and what I was gonna say about paying attention to the wrong shit earlier I um is that this thing you know all these guys that I talk to and they're like I just want to make some money and I get it man it's like everybody want to make some money and. You hear guys that made their first million at 21 or something. I was with a guy this week. He's like, I bought my first Ferrari at 25. And I'm like, who the fuck does that happen? You know, like I'm making 825 when I'm 25 years old or whatever, you know? And I really think, I really believe that, and I tell all my guys, this is to sharpen your sword. Until you're in your, in your mid-30s, 40, like you're not even supposed to make money, man. Like, sure, pay attention, all that stuff, but build yourself a vessel that can feed the community that's gonna come up around you. And if you're paying attention about getting money, you might not be sharpening the sword in a way that's gonna be most useful down the line. And you've gotta look at what's most useful down the line, not the short-term thing, because this is gonna be evaporative. you know. And so I, I'm looking like, how do I get a, a sustainability approach to, to even my own um, energy as far as what I'm expending and what, you know, like, is this gonna serve my ego today, but like, is it gonna be destructive later? And, and to vary those things. And I think that you just, you know, you go and build character in those times and then there's going to be a place for you. You're going to be useful. You're going to build yourself into a useful vessel. And, and so that's, that's still my course. That's still what I'm trying to do. It's like, I'm making a little more money now than then, but it's not, um, that, that road's not over. It's a, and, and because the, nothing else turns me on. If somebody gave me a million dollars to sit around, it'd be a horrible existence, you know? It'd be way better to have, here's 50 grand and have a dynamic life. It's like, you know, what, what are we living for? You know, is it, is it a dollar point? Is it, is it likes 
or uh, is it that kind of camaraderie that I could get with life where I feel like I'm held in the hand of God and that everything is okay and there's there's beauty that surrounds me and that's those are all those are all within my choices and I used to just feel like I was buffeted around by life but I wasn't paying attention to are my anchors moored did I make sure that I got good seals am I am I taking care of the ship you know and 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 I didn't even know what the facets of a ship were. It's not like we're taught that early on, you know? I didn't start thinking about fitness or health or anything. Fuck, I never started thinking about really like what I think of optimal diets until like eight years ago or something like that. It's like, that's brand new. And and uh, so I, I feel like I got a lot of catch up to do because, you know, I accepted a lot of bad information for a long time, probably. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 You, you dropped the God word. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you because something I've wanted to do the, the is the G O D. Yeah. Or want, if I'm Jewish, I go G dash D because they don't put the O because that would be disrespectful. Uh, Isn't that crazy? They, you ever uh, see it written like that with the no. G and the dash and the D? Yeah, because I studied Kabbalah for a while. And that I was like, what, what's up with you guys? Are you guys pretending that's not where you're, is it like writing E F F because you're afraid to say fuck? Like, what's what's going on? And they're like, <laughs> no, it's it's disrespectful or, or what and I'm like, that's that's crazy. But hmm but cool what well, i yeah. get it all right yeah that's a human thought anyway, you have about yeah. what's disrespectful yeah to, yeah right to a deity <laughs> that we can't imagine yeah, yeah. to something that's un undescribable um you got to go to and correct me if i'm wrong but you went to the rum duster tree yeah. with duncan trussell yeah, yeah how was that this is great man i it's, wanted to go for a long it's time beautiful that every year i mean you better go quick because he's not gonna last long there's an expiration date on him for sure but the most amazing thing of it you know and jack cornfield's there who was like a you don't know he's like a, a a really big deal in like the buddhist meditation kind of community and and a lot of his teachings and and his wife trudy goodman um really kind of set my mom free in a lot of ways and she's been a uh in admiration of ram das for a long time and uh and ram das a spiritual leader all those guys that were at the retreat that were like presenters they all had met in india 40 years prior or something right wow. with uh and they sat under maharaji and that was kind of their teacher and and um it was really interesting they all exposed their practices kind of and and let everybody know and and everybody's in there still it's like a bunch of millionaire dudes basically 60 years old or better or whatever and they're all going yeah but what did i do give us one actionable thing right now and and i and and duncan's on stage he's like yeah well what's the one thing that could make me have more centeredness or or this or that and and the whole thing is it's resounding in the whole week that we're there is practice have a practice Come disciplined to that practice. Doesn't matter. It makes no difference what the practice is. Just be diligent. Be a slave to that. And with, with that, transcendence comes. And uh, a guy taught me that like 25 years ago. And he goes, when I first, he started trying to get me into meditation. And he goes, um, yeah, I, I, I want you to meditate. Start off for a couple minutes a day. Try to build up to 10 minutes a day. You know, just, you know, he's not getting crazy. And and to where i've had guys before they're like you got to sit like this for an hour and a half and or else you're fucking fake or or whatever the thing is and uh -huh. it's like there's a lot of people that'll set goals that are unattainable and those people are not masters those people are people that don't want you to succeed those are people that don't want you to win because they're afraid because they haven't won and and they they would hate for you to <laughs> and so you got to be careful who you listen to too and so anyway I, I bit this off but i go well what do i do a transcendental meditation i've heard about i've heard about seated meditation i've heard walking meditation i've heard uh, vows of silence like what what route do i take you know do i do i do a little of this could i get a book on each one or something i'm asking john and and uh and he says tate you're dying of thirst you're in a spiritual drought you're disconnected from yourself 
You don't even know who you are. You're, you're wandering through life. You have all this power that is leaking everywhere and it's causing you wrecks in your life everywhere. These are all in the desert. And you start digging a little bit at TM and then you get distracted because, oh, there's another shiny thing. And then you start digging over here a little bit. You get a few feet down in every one, but you never get anywhere and you die of thirst. Or you pick, pick one. I don't care what it is. Pick it. Be consistent and disciplined to that thing and you'll get to water. All these other things, they don't matter. Focus on what you're about. You know, Be 100%, I'm willing to die in this. It's like, that's that seek death is I, I want to put all my intentions here to get the results of here. All those holes, wherever you dig, it leads to the same fucking aquifer. But if you dig at all of them a little bit, you'll never get there. You'll never get to depth. And so, and, and so I understood this idea of practice, like practice that one thing and you can know all things. You become an expert at something, you know what it takes to become an expert at the next thing. And, and the learning curve is cut off of that. And so uh, this, this idea of practice became... Um, reinforced by those guys because they come i come a place of desperation like i'm dying and i need hacks for my life uh or i'm gonna end up in prison or dead like that's where my life was at and so i i look at that from these guys that are just nice regular people that also looking for an enlightenment or a consciousness shift i'm like wow the same route is working for them but everybody can't hear the message everybody's going yeah but what's the thing that i can do and it's like the mm. thing that is so untenable to you is that you have to sit in your practice every day. And sometimes it's monotonous. Sometimes it seems pointless. Sometimes there's a thousand more things to do. But you must, if you do not be, you'll never know the result if you don't maintain a discipline about it. And so that was the thing with that. But the most, and like, it was like transcendental to me. Like this, I never felt like this with a man before where he looked at people and it changed them. And and he had a stroke. He he can he he speaks very in a labored way. He has to be very exact in what he wants to say. Um, but his messages are super potent. But on the final day, this is Ramdas. Ramdas. Ramdas Ram is sitting, and everybody's going, and he's going to give a piece of a blanket in the form of a bracelet to everybody that's there. That's the blanket that he got from Maharaji, that was his teacher forty years prior, or whatever. And um, there's 350 people there. Everybody goes and they sit across from him and stare and they do like a soul gazing type activity is what I, I, I recognize it as. I, I'm not sure what he would say, but, and everybody is, is bawling and they've had a big weekend. I'm thinking, isn't this nice that, you know, all these nerds are having a great time and look at how it touched them. You know what I mean? And, and, and we're going around the circle and every single fucking person had that same experience with them. And my mom's in front of me and she goes and she is just waterworks, just, beside herself and she's having this and i'm watching from 10 feet away this connection she's having visually with this man and you can almost see a communication and it it's it was unsettling almost in the beauty of it and and i sat down and i've never been looked at like that i've never been looked into like that and like he was like present in a way and like communicative in a way that i hadn't i, I, I don't have an understanding of um but like there's there's power out there. So when I speak about God or about these things, I, I I look at it and I use the word God for the for the best understanding that anybody has, whatever that is for anybody. Like, um, yeah, man, do that. Like, know your own values. Try not to transgress those and don't step on anybody else's toes. I think that's the simple guidebook for life in a way. And and in in regards to God, it's like whatever you got to hang on to to uh, 
make it all make sense. What I use it as is this um, in, ineffable mystery that I can't put a finger on with my finite mind, uh, with, with the faculties that I have. As I understand my mind now, maybe it'll be unlocked at a certain point and I'll understand more, but I look at it a lot like electricity. Like if I had to shine a flashlight at you in 1850, I'd have maybe been hung, you know, mm -hmm. and I, like I'm a witch or, or something because we don't understand electricity. And maybe God is like that for us. Maybe we become more present as we evolve more and, and we understand the manifestations and the orchestrations of, of what God is. I, I, I don't know. Um, I believe on higher vibrations, like I, I have feelings where I'm like, I, I am a creator that can pull the future into the present and I am God. And I believe that that exists in all of us. And I believe that the battle, the inner battle is, is with my ego and, 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 and that's coupled with service and, and with letting go and with hope and, and all these things conspire for that result and in, in balance. But, um, it's not a place that I live, right? It's a, yeah. it's a state that I can achieve, but it's not like a, 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 a plateau where I live at. And, and so there's always more reaching to do. And so that's, that's kind of how I understand God to be. And I understand that to be, I think like the Christians talk about it. And I think they talk about the Holy ghost in the same way that I think about a, a, a unifying thread of spirit or a soul that is through us all, that we're all connected in that unity. And not all of us are on the same vibration, you know, I choose to be comfy or whatever, or hurt other people or be outside of my own um, value system. And I disconnect from the hive. I, I, I've made a choice of isolation through my behavior, right? There's a consequence to it. I don't get to get into the flow of the universe and have my life live seamlessly and be useful and purposeful and, and, and feel valued, you know, which is things that we all need. And so I, that's, that's kind of how, how I look at God. I'm waiting for more to be revealed. And, and in my exploration, since I was a little boy, I've always been looking for God. And, and every, everything that I've explored, I mean, like I said, I've studied uh, Kabbalah for a few years. I studied Christian. I mean, I was raised uh, in Christianity and under Episcopal flag, which is just another remake. And I thought then early on, I go, because my friends were Lutheran, I had Methodist, Baptist friends, and I was like, how many remixes of this are there? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's all the same shit. And I'm like, y'all can't even agree on shit. You're, so you're all petty. So you're all petty and you started your own party. And I was like, this is fucking, this is impotent at best, right? And it's maniacally uh, divisive at worst. And it, well, we've, seen, we've seen that, right? And, and, and that's not just, I mean, that's whether you're like all of it, all of it has that nature to it. It's not all that. There's people that only reach to the highest points of that, but there's also all of it. There's murder and blood all over all of it. And I'm like, that doesn't ring true to me. That doesn't speak to my soul. And, I, and so I've been looking since I started questioning and, and uh, I'm trying to know more, Kyle. I, and, and I don't know, um, but I'm trying to explore my internal self and, and a lot of that talk, it came through, you know, uh, I got sober 24 years ago after, you know, I, I created <laughs> untenable situations that it's like, it's going to either be this or that, you know? And, and there was a point, there was an opening where the, the craving or the lust that it had never been off me, that, that, that craving for dope or for, 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 for booze ever since I started when I was 12 years old, you know, like that was, that was my whole guide that was my god right that's the other thing about god is that and the mind is so amazing guy told me one time uh he goes whatever you think about all day is your god you worry about your kids all day your kids are your god is that going to serve everybody the greatest good you're thinking about that job you need that girl you want that's your god whatever you're obsessed with that's your god so mind your fucking mind you know and i start thinking about that in a different way and then you start to think about the god and everybody 
And you go, everybody's a little pizza guy. And then you can put stuff in like a, in a level playing field that, that nobody has too much responsibility of God, of this pedestal thing. And you go, I want to curate a vibration where I recognize the God and the love and everybody, and I want this guy to win. Sure, I'll hit the brakes and let him pull in. I mean, it's practical. It comes up everywhere, right? It's not this ethereal, ephemeral kind of wisp of spirituality that you can barely grasp. The guy told me one of the biggest benefits that ever came to me was he goes, man, 95% of spirituality is having good manners when you don't want to. Like, regardless. It's like, act right regardless, you know? Fucking eat right regard. You want a result? You want a good re- eat right regardless of how you feel. I know you want to eat your feelings. Cool. How about you don't and you'll get a result? If you do, you'll get a result, but you choose it. And just in that owning the owning my life in that way is is giving me great freedom to go, yeah, I'm in this wreck and I chose it. I took every step to get here. You know, I didn't not take the steps to get locked up. I took every step to get there. You want to not do that? You better examine your fucking steps. But if I'm if I'm blaming, if it's somebody else, I'm for sure gonna get locked up again. Every, yeah. You know, it's it's inevitable. I've chosen yeah. it. You have when you absolve yourself of responsibility, you take like all ownership and power from yourself. Mm. You really have yep. no if you're if you're choiceless in that matter, then you're mm-hmm. truly just running on fucking autopilot. Yeah. You know, then life happens to you. You yeah. don't happen to life. You don't make life happen. This guy says to me back like 24 years ago, he goes, he goes, Your problems are all of your making. Which seems like bad news. And then he goes, but it really it's good news because that means that you've got all the capabilities to choose differently and to have less problems or, or, or successes. You get to choose. And when I started to look at my life like that and, and uh, be accountable to every action, every step and every thought, because when I'm fighting like alcoholism, it's every thought. I've got to think, I can't, I can't think I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to drink, I'm never going to drink. Because all I think is drink, drink, drink. That's all I hear. It's like t- telling me, don't think of a red stop sign. It's like fucking the first thing that pops in my mind is a red stop sign, you know? And so that that reorganizing my mind so that I could work within the world without having to anesthetize myself to be able to get through the world because it was just, and, and I can't explain a junkie mindset any more than, there's a great scene in like, a, a, I think it's Midnight Cowboy where he's going, you know, just being a junkie, it's just like the fucking day-to-day fucking pain and misery of having to fucking get out of bed and put your fucking shoes on and go to the world which seemed like this nihilistic horrific predatory kind of thing and you're looking at life through this fucking one narrative that is just killing you that's begging for heroin you know and uh and you need to have a consciousness shift that's big enough to be able to bring about recovery and if you're not willing to shake up your whole life and go hey starkly here's how you created your life and there's other choices. Now, here's how we're going to clean that life up. And here's how you're going to get right with you so you're not embarrassed or ashamed or feel like you owe anybody in the world and you're going to face every fucking buddy that you ever uh, took a misstep with. And you're going to do what you can to make it right. And you're going to go ahead and you're going to uh, try to curate yourself so that you're a better man tomorrow than you were yesterday. And then you're going to pass it along. And that was that, that, that's just what they trained me then. And that seemed to echo in every aspect of my life. Uh, for for health, recovery, and service to people. And it, it gave me a format with which I could live successfully as opposed to having to live incarcerated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's what I love. You know, I get it all. I, I get a lot of that. Like it gets, whatever I endeavor to do that's hard, it cements that as truth. 
for me. That's like another peer-reviewed study. And I'm like, oh, you got that from jujitsu too? Fucking, we can. We got another metric to show that that's a good thing. Like, and 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 how uh, how all those things just add to each other's greatness, you know. And so that's that's kind of where the thinking came from for me, and and that's kind of like my my idea. God, I don't know. I, I, the jury's out, you know. But I'm 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 willing to stand in the conversation, and and watch it unfold, and I'm open to whatever possibility. What I think right now, maybe not the God of Abraham so much. Maybe more like a simulation theory, and uh, we're in the matrix. Like that seems way more probable than anything else to me right now. That there's advanced races that have set up some kind of a system, and and we're in this system. And and I think one of the things that I I hold true with that is that they you know wear it loosely. That you know if you can wear it like a game, man, uh, it you don't need to kill yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's there, it, it it gives you a little leeway, you know. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is uh, this one dude put me on this shit this weekend. He goes, he goes, we're in Earth school. That's what we're doing here, man. And he goes, and nobody fails Earth school, right? And you get a chance to do it again. If and and the thing is, is like the higher your consciousness, what's the point of that? Why do that? Why? Because because the 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 corrections are are uh, kinder, are gentler, right? I don't get slapped with a two by four of a cop kicking me in the face and and zip tying me and dragging me like that that's not my lesson anymore today you know my lesson is more like you know um your mom's feeling uncomfortable right now or fucking you know that or, or it's just like you're, you when you get aware of more the the water never comes to a boil because you're aware that the heat's on and then you're in control of the heat and you know how to do that your life doesn't overflow and so i think that, that that's the point of raising your consciousness is that you know, what's nice for me now today, instead of people going, hmm, I wonder what that dude's going to do if he's in the room, uh, you know, I can hold space. You know, it's like you go through life and, and, and what's the biggest gift you can give to people? Your time and yourself. And, and people feel uncomfortable almost everywhere they are. And if you can be a stabilizing, calm force that just holds space for people, fuck it, that's a, that's a huge gift, man. And so that's kind of like, I guess what I'm endeavoring to be more in, in, in that space. And, and, and through that, I do a lot of stuff, you know, like caveman coffee. I haven't talked mm -hmm. about it all or whatever. And I, like, I don't, it's just stuff that I do, but like that shit's like an education for me. Like that's a college, you know? And, and then I look at people that do stuff really well. And you look, you know, you look at people like everybody's go, Oh, a $40 billion company. I'd love to have a $40 billion company, you know? And, uh, except what the weight of that is, I would not want that. Like, I don't know how to handle that because I don't have, the, I haven't built up the weight. And so, it's like it's like Aubrey starting starting this. Like if he started in at this level right now, it would crush him. Mm -hmm. But he slowly added weight on the bar, and he can stand up under the weight of this now. You know, it's like he's built. But um, there's this there's this fallacy, this boss fallacy. Everybody want to be a boss or whatever. Ain't nobody want to pay rent though, right? It's like fucking. Where's the boss when it comes time to sweeping the floor and polishing the windows and paying the electric bill and making sure that my man got a check at the end of the day because fucking his family needs it? And I, that would be a, I'd rather starve to death than be on the other end of somebody else being fucked up because I mismanaged things, you know? And so, like, that, that becomes the thing is like, uh, how do I get as strong as I can so I can be as useful to others and help as many people as possible? I think that's, I think that's the goal, right? And, and uh, if that's not the goal, that's cool that everybody got their own goal. But I want to only fuck with people that have that goal because other people that have some consciousness shit where they're paying attention to shit that don't matter to me, that's just distractionary and it takes me off the course. And, and I don't know if, the, if I can afford the time to, uh, to not learn. I, I, you know, I, I think I get in that place. Like now I'm reflective about it and going, man, it's like I already know all the dumb shit. And like there's all that. 
I don't want to argue, but I don't want to argue about Trump. I don't care. Maybe it's the greatest thing ever. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I have a concern this way or that way, but I know enough to know I've been wrong a lot in my history. So I got to consider that I'm wrong about everything I think about today too. And I got to be willing to unfold and grow into the next thing. And so I also know when I think about the external, that my internal suffers, I get a chaos inside me. And I know that then I'm useless to everybody around me and ain't nobody going to help my mom. <laughs> or whatever you know it's yeah. like it, that becomes a thing you know like how am i going to be useful if i'm if i'm just bickering and pointing out what's wrong you know i got to live in the solution and go how do i curate myself to be a better man tomorrow and that's you know that if i'm having good days that's what i'm thinking about you know yeah fuck yeah brother <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah. dude yeah. you crushed it and this is a this is fuck man <clears throat> you know talk about how attractive the spaces are you guys create it's like it's um you know, it's it's nice to be able to walk into places and go, oh man, it's just family brothers are here, you know, yeah. and to really to really know that. And it's an interesting thing because you can know people very briefly and if and if people have done the work on themselves and they're vulnerable and open like that in, in the strength that they have, it's like you've got brothers in a way that that uh is in an accelerated way. You don't need to know somebody for 35 years or whatever. It's like you can you can feel you can feel somebody you know it's like that thing in jujitsu you get body awareness like you know their skills you know if they're you know if they're kind of a bully you know you know all kinds of things about them and it's the same thing with awareness in this world you know and and uh i, I feel like you can you can you get really perceptive i guess okay yeah, brother open yeah. up that field of awareness yeah yeah and that's the thing you know so i, I say all that too and i go these guys asked me to talk about plant medicine this weekend too and um and I brought it up a little bit, but I don't know a whole lot about it, you know, but I, but what I do know, what I do know is that mushrooms and acid and shit, when I was a kid, for sure that helped my life. It gave me an alternate reality that I really needed. And I don't know what it did to my brain to open up paths of empathy and understanding that would not have been there otherwise. You know, I can only see like, oh, here's how your father is. And he hasn't done that. And, and these are differences. Like, I, I don't have really evidence, right? I, I just have ideas about it, but look into that and being sober for a long time you know you hear all these things in that community about um about curative aspects of things because everybody wants to you know hey i mean you guys hear it all the time this is a space for that just what do i take i don't want to know about pathways i don't want to know about macronutrients I what do i take to be ripped dude or whatever right mm -hmm. people want and and like when you're endeavoring to know yourself or god or or, or purpose or something like that and you want somebody else to do the work for you, that right there, just think it through that far and you go, that's a broken construct. That doesn't seem like that would work, right? Yeah. And, and so, but people want that with plant medicine because they hear people get all jazzed up about it after they've had an experience. And, and all, all I can say is like, I, I find no curative aspects with it in the overarching way that people are looking at it as a panacea. Um, I don't think there's curative aspects to alcoholism, for instance. But... I do think that there's perspective shifts that can happen. And I think that it comes down to what Ram Dass and those guys were saying, uh, which emboldened a belief that I had, which is disciplined practice is the way. And that happens continually, consistently every day. And, and ayahuasca is a one-off or a boga or whatever you're doing. And, and you're, not, you're not able to stay in that state. So I don't know that that's helpful. And, and I, think, I think what it can do is it gives you it can give you the homework right. but if you don't do the fucking work but what's the it's impetus worthless. for doing that and if the fishbowl yeah. you go back to 
doesn't hold that space for you, it's very hard because that's a path you need to be led on. It's like there's a, there's a navigation there. And so it's like a kid that's going, hey, dude, I want to be huge, so I want to do steroids. It's like, well, have you already dialed in your nutrition to optimize what your biology is endogenously? Like, do you, have, have we done that? Okay, we've done that. Have you worked out to the nth degree in different modalities to broaden the range and diversity of the abilities of your body? Do you sleep? Have, have you done that? Yeah. Right, do you know about recovery? Like all these things. And most people know, I just would like this thing that's going to make me have this result. And when I'm results oriented, I'm broken, right? And I have to be pathway oriented. I have to be, I have to look to, can I make myself strong enough to, to walk the path? Not the fucking result. That's stealing. That's called a thievery, right? And the person you're robbing is yourself. And so like, how do I get strong enough to walk the path? And so that becomes the thing for me. But what happened with that, having a practice that I've been deep in for a long time is uh, it, it showed me a perspective and a shift that has, has altered things to some degree where, you know, I, I grew up with my back against the wall and everything's a perceptive threat and I have to be careful. And uh, so I, I, I look at the world that way through that narrative. And I build a moat around myself so that, because I, I don't want to be a victim, like some pussy going, oh, the world's hurt me. I'm going to, I'll, I'll just become strong. And part of that strong is fortified walls, um, which served me for a long time and I think is useful to some degree. I think you've got to be able to measure things and people, allow things in and not other things in. But when I build walls around me, man, it's like it, it does. It keeps out all the bad things, all the nefarious things that might be lurking. However, it also keeps out all the love and all the goodness that might, you know, and so if I'm not careful, I don't know what I don't know. So I don't know what's beyond that wall. So what am I keeping out? You know, maybe I'm keeping the mystery life out. Maybe I'm keeping a, a better version of myself out. And I, and, and, and I sat and, and, uh, and I thought maybe there's nothing to fight. You know, maybe, maybe there's nothing to protect yourself from. Like you're a bad motherfucker, Tate. Like who can hurt you? Like you're already in a spot where you're you're defensible just in your spirit, just in your courage to stand in the conversa conversation. It's like those are the things where the you're already you're already powerful in your kindness. You know, like what are you defending yourself from? And and to really try to ask myself. So what what ayahuasca and what plant medicine has done in a lot of ways is allowed me to um, have a dialogue with myself where I'm where I'm auditing myself in a different kind of way as I take inventory of my life and, and go, is this, is this serving me still? And, and I think that's an important thing um, for people to do regularly is, is to, to really look at behavior and go, how is this serving me or, or, or is this keeping things from me? Or, and then also, what don't I know? I've got to make myself available to not only what I can critically think and look at an answer, but I got to go, well, what, what don't I know that's even out there that I can't even consider to think about, you know? And, and, uh, and so to let those walls down a little bit and to, to it, it just allows you to wear life a little looser and more things to become open and, and question old truths and, and uh, uh, adopt new habits and also stay true to the thing that brought you to the party, I think. You know, I think that thing, if you got good practice involved, like I'm adding yoga into my practice to be a, a, a something that's a weekly thing that, that I do, but um, I, th I think that you got to be careful with that because it's that that can become a next shiny thing. Like if I give up jujitsu completely in, in that way, I, f I would feel like that's a real loss of my of my growth. And it's also it's part of my foundation. You mm -hmm. know, like you got to be careful to not go to the new thing because you know your foundation then slips away. You know, and and I think that's important. You know, I need that ground to stand on, and it's a 
there's 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 some i mean fuck there, it's endless what we could go into uh, on the physical and <laughs> metaphysical levels of what jiu-jitsu has done for us you know but yeah. it's like that kind of thing you know and and i don't know like what have you been thinking about god and about those th things of that nature i mean in that world where i think there's a simulation theory like th there's certainly not a traditional god in that way if it's a six-year-old in the future on planet Naguanawad somewhere fucking in other galaxies that's fucking playing me in a, as an avatar like i don't know like so uh and that and that's the other thing of like having a, a think nest that you respect is like what do you think about that yeah it's it's definitely changed <laughs> for me over time you know and and thankfully i was shown how to work with plant medicines differently than i did when i was a kid you know like to have respect to have an intention wildly different yeah. <laughs> wildly different and wildly different results as with anything with life you know what you put into it how you set the stage how you how you anchor your ship and prepare for that uh, makes a world of difference when you go through the stressor and that is the stressor you know ayahuasca is the stressor it is the catalyst yeah, make it no is, mistake you know but that's not the thing that heals you the thing it'll show you different things and it's shown me many different things um ultimately what i do with that is what matters right ayahuasca told me to meditate and to do yoga three ceremonies in a row and I asked, why the fuck won't you tell me? I want new cool. information. Tell me right. more. And it's like, tell me, I want, tell me I you need burritos. You haven't done this yet. You will not get new information until you start a practice. And it was like cut it's off. It's almost like leveling up, right? Yeah. You don't get to graduate until right. you pass this grade. You don't get to get to the boss, man, until you fought the other six guys in the video game or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't advance to the end of that's the level. That's cool. I right? like that. And, uh, that's you know that's that's uh, I, my practice has changed over time it certainly has bounced around where i dug a hole here and i dug a hole there and i dug right. a hole there yeah. you know yeah. but ultimately the things that move the the bar for me the quickest where i feel a consciousness shift fastest from pranayama breath work breath of fire shit like that i can do five minutes of that and i'm fucking tuned up or if i have anxiety before i go to sleep i can hit five minutes and it just dumps that energy out did you see uh did you see Wild Wild Country on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. fucking fascinating, yeah. right? But one of the things that that Osho is so beautiful with that they don't really dive into is everyone's doing fucking kundalini. And I started playing with that, just shaking around, looking like a fucking weirdo, you know, like some meth head, just and fucking screaming as loud as I fucking can. And you move that energy through like yoga people don't realize is the the physical yoga we do when we pay money and go to a gym mm -hmm. to do yoga is one part out of four ultimately to move energy through our body and open up ourselves so we can sit fucking still and touch whatever piece of that inside we have right and most people that can't sit quietly myself included at times it's because I didn't do that prior. I didn't move my body and open it up so I could find peace in stillness, right? right? But things that combine that and do it quickly, like fucking wiggling around and shaking it all out and just fucking screaming my guts out, that really moves the needle quickly. And then I can sit and drop into very deep meditation fast, you know, and it's not, cool. you can't do psychedelics all the time. You can't, I mean, read the Psychedelic Explorers guy with Jim Fadiman, he has a, you know, at most, even if you're microdosing consistently, it should be once every fourth day. That way it doesn't, you don't build up tolerance and require 10 hits of acid just to fill a microdose, mm -hmm. right? And that's fairly often to do it every four days, right? But even with that, I wouldn't plan ayahuasca often. I wouldn't plan iboga often. I wouldn't plan any of these really strong master teachers. Yeah, I did it once yeah. with Aubrey. Yeah. Um, 
I wouldn't plan those things often because it waters down the experience. Well, right? and also and, it muddies it because yeah. if you get a message this time and you go in again tomorrow night, well, that fucking message is gone now. They're like, well, I guess you're disregard. That's I feel like the gods are going, I guess you're disregarding that and you're just looking to get your dick hard again, huh, asshole? <laughs> I feel like it's kind of yeah. like that. It's almost like I'm disrespecting the gods. By going, please give me these answers. And then here's some answers. I want more. Like, now I'm going to muddy more. the water again more. after I have clarity. Yeah, yeah. I want more. I get right? that. Yeah. yeah. So it's just the embodiment of that. And so much, you know, talking with guys like Paul Check, even he saw the stack of books on my desk and he was like, you know, the guy who reads everything and embodies none of it is the smartest guy in the room, hmm. but he has no wisdom. Right. I don't want to be that guy. Right. And obviously, I'm on the, the experientially yeah, based. The truth of my fucking job here is to, I'm being paid to learn. And, and from that, extract out how we move the bar on the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual modalities in life. All the things that make us a little bit better each day, right? That's the fucking movement. And how on. they color the other. Yeah. How if you miss this component, this component is going to be way, way decreased. Yeah. What do we build our foundation on and how do we explore from there? But I think, you know, in that looking at like the God question, that is fucking changed over and over again and expanded and and you know what i don't know in that space is so much more than i do know but but certainly there's been certain takeaways that have been shown to me over and over again and this may pe piss some people off i don't think i've talked about it on this podcast but i truly believe that we we have reincarnation that this is not our only life and it's been shown to me in ayahuasca on multiple ceremonies Crazy, in different okay. ways and <laughs> and in that it kind of makes sense in the fairness of things like when you think like why does this six-year-old die of dick cancer? Or why are there whole tribes that fucking have worms in their gut and die of dehydration because they can't stop shitting? That's pretty unfair if you got one shot. You're like, well, God needs him. Well, God needs him to fucking mow the lawn? Like, that doesn't cut it for me, right? right. So, but if this is our experience, this go-around, and we do get to come back and experience what it is to be gay, experience what it is to be a woman, experience to be a daughter, or, you know, all these different experiences... That's how we learn. If you also think about, I forget who said it, but um, if we're the only intelligent life in the universe, what an incredible waste of space, right? You think of how vast it is. When you, when you begin to understand. Especially the virus that humans are. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, what an incredible waste of space, right? We're the right? biggest pollutant of the natural world, but we're, yeah. we're, the, we're the end answer. Yeah. yeah. And so like, if, if you ever made a solar system model in class or you saw some kid right? who did, just to be in a classroom, if the if the earth was the size of a grain of sand, the sun would take up the entire room. That's how fucking massive our sun is, right? So like size-wise, we can't com comprehend the size of this thing, even our solar system. We have no way to fucking look at that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we do look at it. We observe it. But it's with numbers that are too, too they just go out, outside of comprehension. Time is the same fucking way. Our sun is young. And it's still billions of years old, right? The earth, same. The fraction of time human beings have been here. And we live for 100 years, if we're lucky. Or unlucky. What an incredible- hundred. Yeah, but that, <laughs> what an incredible waste of time. Right. If this is our only existence. What an incredible waste of time. Well, it goes into what purpose is, too. I mean, not, not a, like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta ascribe a purpose to the whole deal. Yeah, and if our goal, which has become- mine and i think a lot of people's is to grow and to learn and to right. be the best version i can possibly be and to give that back in a way right to be of service to others and to help others achieve that and to carry everyone up the mountain with us right if that's the goal 
whatever that looks like, Christ consciousness, Buddha, Lao Tzu, that's not achieved in one lifetime. How many fucking Jesuses are walking around right now? It's a goose egg. None we're going to recognize. Yeah, there might be a couple off in the mountain. There might be, you know, a Ramdas or even a fucking Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. Osho was pretty fucking advanced, but he also had his, you know, crazy. He also had other his his pitfalls. But I'm just saying, like, to attain that level, I don't think it's achieved in one lifetime. It makes more sense if it's spread out, and it's definitely a lot more fair. It's interesting because I meet people that surely are ahead of the game, that they're like. No, I, I I thought I knew those things when I was nine or so. like it's, it's kind of it's crazy how advanced I mean, for sure, there's we're not equal. Right. There's there's mm-hmm. people that are highly advanced that are that are around. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. Maybe the sun's billions of years. I don't know if the earth's flat or not right now, bro. I just don't know. That's because you're I mean, fucking 10th planet jujitsu, son. The, the jury's out. Uh, um, everybody's Why so, is the moon round, everybody, though? Everybody, Why doesn't the moon always fucking flat? It's flat, though. I can't see the curve of it. Um, <laughs> it's two-dimensional. The, 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 the whole thing with all that stuff. And I, I mean, Eddie fucking... Eddie's, Eddie has been such a valuable, optimistic functional change to my life i could never give enough thanks however he's he's like hey bro check this out and i get a video <laughs> right about uh about um the flat earth and then these guys they've got english accents so they sound so so that smart yeah, man they smart just motherfuckers smart, with that dude, english right? accent like that's tricky they got an english guy to narrate it like now i think that it's got validity and you listen, and there's there's mathematical equations. There's, and then he's like, oh, and check this one out. First one's a half hour. It's two hours. I get a six-hour one. I'm like, I don't have the time for, for like, and, and, and all I can go is go, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like we didn't go to the moon because I got a lot of questions that are unanswered, just like whether we're going to talk about That's a possibility. Whatever, right? I, I think that's more of a possibility I don't think than we did that. flat. However... Uh, Antarctica being a wall that goes off of uh, uh, like into I don't, the neither world. I don't know what happens. Um, I feel like uh, I don't give a fuck because all my life it's made zero difference to me going from the narrative that the Earth is round and that we're in a solar system of heavenly bodies that that move around each other, and whether that's flat or not at this point, it doesn't tip my balance one way or another. I still got to love my mom and, and, and love the people around me and, and make sure that I'm an example of those that would look to me like, and, and that kind of thing. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't have time for those arguments. Yeah. Let me pay attention it's, to something that actually matters. Yeah. To me, it's right? a trip, but we're in a weird place where it's like, every, there's like an overarching thing of like, no, nothing is real or what. And I'm like, I just, I don't know that that can be true. And then you talk to these guys that are these quantum physics dudes and they're like, no, literally nothing's real. Everything's illusory. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, my head's not really there yet. So until you can reach your hand through the table, I'm not sure about all the electrons, unless I guess they're really bound tightly. But um, it, it just seems like those are things that my consciousness... Is, so I can't, I can't think about those things that other men know of. We don't know what the fucking bottom of the ocean has. And we think that we know something about something. Like, it's like, I got to be a master of me. I got to stay in my lane and go, okay, how do I make this thing useful as is uh that's the only message that comes back to me and i'm like all those other things i'm like i don't have the i don't have the bandwidth or interest i guess and it's not interesting i find it cool that people are looking into you know quantum physics and things like that like yeah yeah, man if that's your passion do it i'm going to interview uh bruce damer who's studying the origins of life he's been on Uh rogan's he's been on uh 
uh, Kyle Tierman show and Chris Ryan's. He's a fucking NASA scientist. He's done ayahuasca a number of times, been a Burning Man 11 years in a row. He teaches at UC Santa Cruz and he fucking does like this balls deep meditation practice where he gets downloads on where the Mars rover mission will land. Wow. And NASA says, yes, those are the coordinates we'll use. Crazy. Like he is that smart. Dialed but, in. Yeah, he's fucking dialed in. So, I mean, I, I, and that's not my passion, that's his, but I think it's rad. What does he think the origins are? Origins of life, uh, p- pretty much there's there's two arguments, and I'm going to dive into this more when I actually get yeah, to sit sure, down with them. But, but um, you know, bottom of the ocean near the hot ocean vents of molten lava or in like a warm spring pool, right? How earth, Where how, did the spring how, pool come from? Spring pool would be like just a body of water that's Where'd on the water land. Where did come from? Where did the land come from? Yeah, well, this is how, how the origin of that. You could say like he's diving that's into it what from I a mean, scientific like when perspective. We, go back even, we can look even deeper than that from yeah, a con- what is yeah. consciousness, right? I thought Mike beginning yeah. the time thing. I thought no, he's not trying. To, he's trying okay. to solve like how life came to first be mm-hmm. on Earth, right? Mm-hmm. What did we evolve from? The okay. prim- primordial goop. Yep. Or but he's going now with the Maori in New Zealand, and he has primordial goop that he's allowed to do testing in. Wow, they've cool. done it in petri dishes, but he, this is going to be the first experiment. I get to fucking podcast with him right when wow. he gets back, right when he has results on how this shit's going to unfold. Beautiful, dude. Yeah, it'll be dope. So if that's your wheelhouse, I'm I fucking cool wait. with it, man. I, I want to learn wait. from it. But yeah, yeah, me too. I'm more studied on what's the foundation that brings me the most optimized life. Right. I know I got to take care of my fucking body. It's my vessel, right? And if I feel like shit, I don't operate well, right? If I can take care of that, if I can cover the cover the basics of what I put in my body, how I sleep, how I meditate and touch that deep inner peace on a regular basis, I know I operate my best. Do you think you, know? do you think it comes down to um what I focus my responsibility on, what I take on as my responsibility? Like, you know, your health, your body, your kids, your family, then your your uh, your job, the 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 people that count on you at work, like all of that stuff. It, it seems like that's like a piece of it. Like what I ought to be paying attention to, the things I'm responsible for. What I ought to be doing, grow my capacity so I can be responsible for more things so I can be more helpful. Something like that without getting, without advancing into taking on more responsibility before I'm strong enough to carry the weight. Yeah. And so many, I think one of the issues we run into, especially when it comes to health, is that we put that responsibility on someone else. Right. The doctor will fix it. Right. Right. The health enthusiast knows what I should eat. It's like, no, it's all fucking fine tuning. There's no one right diet that's right, right for everybody. And it's, and that yours takes, isn't going to be right for your yeah, life. That's exactly that changes over you know time. That, right. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. but but figuring that out, that's your responsibility. See, that Dom D'Agostino, goddamn. That's maybe the kindest, most quiet, humble man ever. Like incredible. It's he yeah. The, that's the thing. That's the thing that I like is like all these guys that are smart that are really dialed in that are figuring it out and going here's how i can help you carry your responsibilities better and i'm like fucking you know there's there's people that are saving my life that 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 don't have any interest in my life at all that don't even know it that i get to be privy to because we live in this world you know which is dope like that that whole yeah yeah what a fun job you've got so that's your job now is is how to endeavor different practices protocols and substances and see and mark what the results of that are yeah. it's kind of what you share that we share that kind of like sasha shulgin would do with uh, with you know chemical substrates different different psychedelics he'd have you know he'd first tested it on himself and then he would uh have his group of family and friends that was about a core group of eight to 12 right. people and he'd have them at the dose range and see where their doses were and move it from there and then write about it in books and you it's know that's what we kind of get to do here from the supplement side from the food side from 
health and wellness, from training, and just fucking share it all. Yeah. You know, in-house and then outward. It's interesting, like when you think about plant medicine, you think about the the legalities of, of all these things and all that. And you go, that's tried and true for thou- literally thousands of years, right? Um, and then you look at like, like, this is all a beta test, right? And you Google maladies from iPhone proximity in 20 years, what kind of horror show is going to come up on the images? Like, no, it's safe. It's fine, right? Everything that's been that, asbestos, lead, like all these things that have been- All the fucking chemical sprays we put on the ground. And uh, we're in this weird beta test. until, And they're like, let's see if it falls apart. We got it past legislation. And then you just watch the earth rot. And you're like, is this a good idea? (laughs) But that stuff is like the stuff that people are resistant to, like- I don't know mushrooms that've been growing naturally for thousands of years. I'm not. I think that we ought to control that. That's crazy. But let's go ahead. We're going to put mercury in your teeth, and we're going to go ahead and use lead paint at your house and asbestos, and shit's going to be fine for you. Don't worry. But mm-hmm. hey, don't dump into that consciousness at all. I don't want you thinking too much. Yeah, don't think for yourself. It's interesting. Well, fuck, brother. We've we've definitely gone over the hour. All right fucking on, right on. Absolutely beautiful, man. Love you, man. It is excellent. I love you Thanks too, brother. Thanks for asking. Uh, so we got Pirate Life Radio. Yep. Caveman Coffee. Yeah. What else yeah, we yeah. got? Where can people Caveman's follow you online? Caveman's got some cool shit happening, man. Uh, we've just been endeavoring into some uh, new fields and and just, yeah, looking at looking at how to be in the space and what uh, me and Lacey and Keith all kind of have for what our purposes are and to, you know, make, make the things line up for our lives as opposed to lining up for the thing, you know, and, and being true to that. We got that going on. Um, a lot of cool film stuff coming that'll be interesting. You know, Caveman Coffee just got in Jurassic World, which was a crazy thing. We're in like, the dope. opening scene. And and uh, so Lacey, she trains Bryce Howard, right? And and uh, she used to train this other guy that was the biggest action star in the world. But um, there's all sorts of NDAs with that. But when she left that, because he was moving around Biggest action too much, star in the world currently? Uh, probably. And, could, and over time, still current and over time. Narrow that down to either Arnold Schwarzenegger or The Rock. Look at that. <laughs> I think that's pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Tom Cruise. Anyway. Fuck uh, out of here. <laughs> there, there's, there's, uh, there's, there, there, so there's, there's, there's this great love around the brand in this way. Bryce comes in and she's like, uh, she's like, you know, the last time was written in and i come in with starbucks or whatever and she's kind of like you know a domineering selfish has her idea about how she's going to impose her will to the world kind of um not really a team player type of person in the first film and then you know the dinosaurs come and she gets woke when she sees those flying pterodactyls coming at her or whatever and she's like maybe there's a different way or whatever she opening scene here she's like we're coming in and we're going to use a small coffee company that's kind of consciousness flavored sustainable uh, you know, loving has a different ethos than than the corporate companies that we're using before, and so and they're training together. And she's like, I wonder if we could, and so she posits it to the producers, and they work it all out. And I was like, and I'm just laying back here, going, I am fucking stunned. I've got nothing to do with any of it, and um, I'm just watching. You know, you watch the beauty unfold. You go, hey, I'm just gonna stand in this space in the world, and like, it's crazy the stuff that comes by. You know, so that 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 was the big big thing. Yeah, um, was we've got a debut i was in the first jurassic world with keith and then I'll, this jurassic world is coming back with uh with our coffee which is a uh, kind of a trip so yeah that you know Lacey's running this company called black ops where she sets up events and does does all that kind of stuff uh keith balls deep in acting and kind of getting that craft he just was in shameless a little while ago and like all of us are just kind of 
doing all the things that we love and then and then paying attention to what our responsibilities are and growing that as it goes um and really i've been trying to get reductive in life so that i'm just acting i'm just in stunts i'm just doing the podcast i'm just because it's like the podcast for me is like i love the 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 inspiration i get out of the conversation second to none when i make the time to do it and so exacting a discipline towards that has been been the big thing and then caveman and and uh letting all that go and and seeing where it all adds man That's okay it. brother yeah. where can people follow you online uh just my name tate fletcher and uh you'll find you know i'm easy to find man yeah. we'll link all that shit yeah. up in the show yeah. notes yeah. thank right. you brother it's thanks, been an dude. absolute pleasure right on you too thanks man thanks for tuning in tate fletcher is a savage and if you made it this far all the way to the end i know you enjoyed the podcast tell your mama tell your daddy tell your sister tell everybody you know to tune into this podcast because it only gets better from here on out thanks for listening